Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me, a podcast where we are quite literally making a list of all the things we don't like about ourselves. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest. She's an LA-based comedian. She's working on fundraising for a short film called California Sober, and she hosts the pop culture and news podcast Pillow Fight on Big Comedy Network. Welcome to the podcast, the one and only Yamini Nambimadam. Hi, Yamini. Ooh, thank you. That was such a like hype up. I feel like so many times when I go on podcasts, they always record the intro later, but it's like, it's always such a like, whoa, <laughs> to be introduced. <laughs> That's me. I want everybody to have the chance to feel special before we dive into everything they don't like about <laughs> themselves. So I'm glad it's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I love about your podcast is that it really does feel like it's a sleepover and you're like gabbing with your gal pals. <laughs> like, I feel like your podcast is the part of the sleepover where you're having fun and eating popcorn and like watching The Princess Diaries. And then my podcast is the part of the sleepover where you like can't sleep and you're telling each other your deepest secrets. Well, I think both and, like one girl is crying and she wants to go home. Exactly. I had a lot more sleepover like sleepovers like that growing up than like the fun ones, honestly. I have those now. So, you know, this feels more like authentic to my real <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was definitely the girl that was crying because she wanted to go home, but we'll get into that, I'm so sure. So I'm going to have us jump right into our first segment, Roses and Thorns. Rose is the best or most rewarding thing that happened to you this week. Thorn is the worst or most challenging thing that happened to you this week. Um, I'll go ahead and share mine first. My rose is, I was supposed to go tubing on Friday. I took the day off from work and we were all going to drive up to the river and just lay in our tubes for like a few hours in the sun. We did it last summer and I was so excited, but we had to call it off because of the weather. So I was really disappointed. But what we did instead is we went to All You Can Eat Sushi, which is truly one of my favorite things to do. That is my rose. All You Can Eat Sushi is my rose. And we were listening to like a lot of Taylor Swift on the way there and back, which makes me feel like just the girliest girl. Mm-hmm. And then on the way home, we were driving over the bridge to get back into Philly. Taylor Swift a blastin'. And then we got this incredible view of fireworks going off at like the Philly Stadium, which is right by the bridge. So it was just like so beautiful and felt very like girly pop teen movie. I loved it. That was my rose. <laughs> Love feeling like it. And then my thorn is, so like, I feel like I have a lot of thorns this week, but I'm going to go with the least depressing one for me. Um, I keep biting the inside corner of my lip and I've done it enough times that it like hurts so bad without me even doing anything. And I like, I know that when you bite your lip really bad, you are likely to do it again because that area is just like swelling up and stuff. But I have been in the headspace where I'm just like, wow, Sam, biting your lip again, can't even chew food right. So that's my thorn. But <laughs> bite up your mouth. I hate that feeling. Yeah. I, I can't wait for this to be over. I'm trying to like get back into the mindset of being like, Sam, it's going to be over soon. You're not going to have this bit up lip for the rest of your life. But then the other part of me is like, what if you do have a torn up lip for the rest of your life? <laughs> You'll learn to live with it. <laughs> yeah, I'll learn to live with it. <laughs> Yamini, what are your roses and thorns for the week? Mine, I feel like are a lot less fun and exciting than yours, probably. I mean, <laughs> the bit up lip is not as exciting, but it is so well put. My thorn, I think in general, I like to start with the thorn and end with the rose. Hope that's okay. Of course. Um. My thorn, I would say, is generally I am moving at the end of the month, and I do feel like every day that leads up to it and gets closer to it is just this building anxiety that I have in me, and I really hate cleaning and packing and organizing, and it's very like labor-intensive stuff that I don't really like to do in my house, and I just feel like really overwhelmed by that, and at the same time, I feel like it's summer and in the summer I feel like I have the most social energy so I've been like really spending time with people which has been great but I feel like very kind of um you know stretched thin and I feel like I haven't been sleeping very well and it's just kind of this like hectic fugue state going on in my life that has kind of been like this whole month of July but it'll be over soon so I know that and I feel good about that and then my rose I got my nails done today 
And that, so for me, the act of getting my nails done is really like a horrible, horrible um, act. It's very vulnerable. Like you're submitting your hands over to someone else and you, like we spend so much time like twiddling our thumbs on our phones, doing whatever with our, like typing away at our computers, but just to give up your hands and do nothing is really a vulnerable act. And I go to this girl who's great. But I drive like an hour to see her because she's great and she takes her sweet time doing the nails, which always just like, you know, it's a long time to to take out of my day and I'm already driving all that way. But it makes them like so good and they always look so amazing. And then I just for the next like few days, just every time I'm doing it, it motivates me to do anything because I'm like anytime I'm doing anything, I'm looking at my hands and they look so cute and I feel like that is a big rose for me because that literally happened this morning. (laughs) I love that so much. I really do feel like the progression of getting your nails done is like you're on the way there. You're just like hoping everything goes well, which is like, I don't, I don't know if you have like social anxiety with that stuff. I definitely do where I'm like, what if I don't know that they want me to like put my hand in the thing? I don't, I don't even know. And then, like, I know some people like to, like, listen to music or be on their phones. Like, like the hand that's not getting painted, they'll, like, be on their phones. But I just, like, don't even – I'm not brave enough to do that. I don't have the audacity to do that. I'm just reading, like, the menu on the wall being like, wow, pedicures cost $28. That's pretty cool. Like, you know. Yeah. I really would have that anxiety before. And I have that anxiety about now, like, going to get my toenails done somewhere. But I found, like – I've been going to this one girl for my fingernails for since last January. And at first it was really like that. But now I finally feel like in the last like two or three times I've gone, I feel like I can pull out my phone. And like today I was kind of like sleepy and like a little bit like kind of shutting my eyes. And she was like, you're fine, girl. Like <laughs> you can you can like doze off a little if you want. And I finally feel like that is a good place to be in about it. Yeah, I think that is probably going to be my answer. Just develop a relationship with one of the girls there, and then I can relax. Mm-hmm. So it's time for the big question. What is one thing you don't like about yourself? <laughs> one thing I don't like about myself is I feel like I'm very bad at balance. Um, I kind of hinted at this before, but I think I'm always either – not doing enough or doing too much. Like I don't feel like there's a lot of phases in my life where I am having an adequate amount of work and rest and play all three together. I have a hard time with that. Once I get a little taste of something, I just full send it all the way, like rest or or fun or work. And I don't think that's like good for me. <laughs> I always have mm-hmm. two week periods of just like all doing one thing and then kind of being like, whoa. And then I have to like readjust and I keep like, there's no stability. It's just like a repeating cycle of like bouncing back and forth between an intense flavor of a certain kind of being. Yeah. Are there like ways that you're able to find or like at least try to find balance when you feel this way or are you still working through it (laughs) or just dealing with it? I'm still working through it. I have ADHD and I didn't I didn't want to frame this as like I hate that I have ADHD because mm-hmm. ultimately I don't think that's the case. This is like one specific thing that I do hate about it is I feel like I just get really into one thing and then it's hard to pull myself out. But I do try to like when I am feeling the urge to plan like planning helps as much as possible but then I think like I can get over plan myself into this like workaholic like I don't know like just not resting and my only resting is procrastinating and that's not actually resting so I think I just kind of try to write it out most of the time and then just not like and let I think the the biggest thing is just not feeling shame around the periods where I just have to rest because I think that's just kind of the way that I'm operating now and just kind of leaning into like when I feel the urge to do something to do it and then to like set aside time to rest as opposed to just expecting being stressed about things to be resting which is not resting yeah I I have so many things to say about all of this first I love that you have decided that you don't want to frame it as you don't like your ADHD I think that that's cool 
what you said about like the over planning I feel like I am so bad with that like I feel like I fall into the trap of like putting so much time into the planning and then when it comes time for the doing I'm like "Mm, okay and then I'll like try it and if like a single thing goes in a way that I didn't plan I'll be like back to the drawing board yeah I think that I I'm afraid of planning because I know that once I start planning, I don't, I don't, will never feel like I'm, I'm planned enough, but that just keeps me from doing anything. And so then I, but I'm like, I should just start doing, but then like, I can't really do without the planning. So it's kind of hard. I think a lot of times I just kind of have to like, look for outside validation, like people around me being like, Hey, like the planning I need your help with so I can feel like I've done it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Do you ever do like body doubling where like if you need to clean your room, you have somebody like sit there with you? Yeah, I in college, it was the biggest thing for me. I would have one of my roommates just like be writing her paper from my bed while I clean my room or just like something like that. I think it's been harder now, but I really like appreciate it. I feel like that's such a huge like active service to me is like you come over and you like hold my dog while I fold my laundry or something like that like it's because it's it is hard for me otherwise to to get myself to do those things yeah truly body doubling is my love language I feel like I'm thinking about like back in college it really is something that we used to do just like all the time not even thinking about it not even knowing that it is like a thing with a name Mm -hmm. and now as an adult it's so hard to be like hey do you want to come over and just like do nothing with me while I do this? Because everybody else is an adult that needs to do their own thing too. Yeah. I think I used to feel really guilty about asking for things, but I think it's mm-hmm. about like being able to also give those things back. Like I don't ask for things that I feel like I can't reciprocate. And I think if somebody asked me to come sit in their place while they did something, like as long as I was free, I feel like that is something that I would do for them. So I don't think it's a bad thing to ask for, but I agree it is hard to like, that it, you want to like when you're with your friends like spend that time making experiences and stuff you don't want to like waste the time quote unquote by having them mm-hmm. do that but I do remember even like as a kid like in school I would just have like I would always ask my mom if she could just like sit in my room like while I read aloud from the textbook to study for stuff because I knew like I my brain just would not I would be I would be looking at the textbook my brain would not be processing it if like someone else is not in the room with me so yeah it's weird now as an adult (laughs) to just like not really have that anymore yeah and you know I just want to say to any friends out there that are listening I will come sit in your room while you clean I'll do it just hit me up you know where to find me have you been body doubling at all while you like pack for your new place yeah I've been trying to get people to just like come over and it initially starts as me asking them to come over to like pack with me or clean with me but it ends up being like explaining things to people is harder than just doing it yourself so I just like have them be there for moral support or like runs to the garbage like things like that yeah how long have you been in the place where you're moving from like in the the house or apartment or whatever I've been here for two years and it's the first place I moved to when I moved to LA so I think there's a lot of like sentimental circumstances around moving. Like it just feels very like big. And I feel like there's so much stuff that I have. Like one, just to realize how much shit you have <laughs> is really a weird yeah. feeling. And you're like, I'm like wrestling with this. This is kind of another thing I hate about myself, but <laughs> uh, I'm writing it down. But I feel like I am very prone to marketing and like consumerism and just like maximalism and just like having shit um and I'm not I don't think that it's like a a money thing it's just like a stuff thing like I just feel like if I can think of a if, if I feel like I need that thing and maybe like buying things gives me like some dopamine and so I I I do it and I think I've gotten better at it but definitely while I've been living here that has been a huge thing in my life especially living in LA it's like so easy to just be like influenced to buying so many things so that has definitely been a big process in moving was like just reckoning with how much how much shit I own (laughs) I'm trying to cut in half yeah I I moved to my own place last summer and before that I had lived in my house for six years with the same people Mm -hmm. And the amount of shit 
that you collect over six years that you don't have to think about, it's terrifying. I thought that I threw out a lot of stuff then when I was packing and I thought that I was trying to be like really like discerning about the stuff that I wanted to take with me. And now like I have boxes that I just never unpacked and I've been trying to be better about like going through them now that it's been over a year and I open up these boxes and I'm like, why did I keep this? Like there'll be like an old pillow that has like stains all over it. And I'm like, mm, it's time for the garbage for this one. <laughs> yeah. Yamini, thank you for sharing one thing that you don't like about yourself. Really two things you don't like about yourself. I'll be keeping an ear out through the rest of the episode for any other things that you mention you don't like about yourself. So keep them coming. Cool. It's time for our next segment. Let's unpack that. I'll have a series of questions for you. You give me short answers. And if I want you to expand on it, I'll say, let's unpack that. And we'll talk about it a little more. Cool. So the first question is, what is your hometown and what's one thing you don't like about it? My hometown is Irvine, California, which is in Orange County. Something that I don't like about my hometown is that I feel like because there is a lot of diversity in certain ways, particularly there's a lot of like immigrants and, you know, a lot of different like racial groups, I think that they feel like they have solved racism or solved inequality. But the truth is, it's just quite socioeconomically privileged. And so these people don't have to kind of reckon with the basic identity issues that like interfere with class politics. And so I think there are a lot of people who would benefit from a more expansive set of people to know. And a lot of people just stay in Irvine forever. So they don't really get access to those people. Yeah, I, I'm from a, a very small town, but it's the same sort of story where like people don't leave. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, they fit into the same mold. And like, I'm Cambodian. And I feel like another thing that I have sort of noticed is like, it's kind of a thing with like assimilation where it's like, you can be different, but only if you like still fit in, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't know if that what that's what it is for you, but that's what that made me think of. Yeah, I think that is true in like, society at large honestly yeah I saw a post from this South Asian actress once where she was like ultimately I feel like my self-identity and self-expression is a lot more like avant-garde than I can be as an actor because white people can be like every single kind of form of self-expression under the sun but when you're a person of color and you're an actor you have to be like anything they want you to be like you have to be someone they can project anything onto like you can't be so specific of a type and still be going out for the same amount of stuff so I think that's kind of something that I have felt in my life to varying degrees and in varying ways just like yeah you can be different as long as you're still the same yeah that's a great answer thank you for sharing all of that of course My second question is, what's one word that describes what you were like in college? Vibrant. I love that answer. If there was a zombie apocalypse, what would be your fatal flaw? Laziness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My next question is, what is your weirdest hidden talent? I can hula hoop pretty decently. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to say let's unpack this real quick. During quarantine, I feel like there were all these like hula hoop dances on TikTok. Can you do the hula hoop dances? I never tried. I never had access okay. to a hula hoop at the time. I recently got a hula hoop again like last summer and just started like playing around with it. Um, I was really good when I was a kid, but I'm only decent now. I really loved hearing that. I had a hula hoop phase as a kid. I call it a phase, but it lasted for like years. So I really love hearing that. <laughs> And then the final question is, what is the last thing you spiraled over? Oh, it's really kind of stupid and funny. I just like sent an opinion in the group chat of my friends that are watching Love Island. And I feel like it was kind of an unpopular opinion in the group. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they think I'm a bad person now because they didn't agree with my reality television opinion. And it was like kind of a half an hour spiral until somebody responded being like, ha ha. <laughs> So, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm going to say, let's unpack this. 
are you feeling brave enough to share what your opinion was? I'm not sure I exactly remember my opinion, but it was something to do perhaps with Tyreek and Ella. Are you following this season? Not at all, but I have so many friends that are, so I know that they will be able to okay. appreciate this probably. I'll give a rundown. Basically, I feel that Tyreek, I do think he likes Ella. I do think he cares for her. Their relationship is real. But I think that he manufactures arguments and then manufactures the solution quickly. Like within three to five business days, the problem is created and solved all the time, every like week as a way to get people to buy into a growth narrative for himself. So I do think he's playing a bit of a game for to get the audience on his side. But I also do like him and Ella. But I think it's like a little bit of struggle love vibes that he has concocted. That is my opinion. <laughs> that was not necessarily agreed to by my – it's kind of conspiracy theory vibes. But I, I get that way. When I watch Ooh, TV, so. I love that. That's very like survivor vibes. And then for the group chat thing – I feel like I have like had mental breakdowns in every group chat that I've ever been a part of. Like it is like such a specific feeling to like say something in the group chat and think that you like are just being like, haha, we're all being so silly. And then nobody answers and you're like, hmm. Yeah. I'm like, did they make another group chat to talk about how weird I'm being in this group chat? Is that why nobody's answering me? <laughs> like it's very. Yeah. Yeah, group chats, iMessage, all that stuff I feel like was created to give me psychological harm. But Yeah, they were made for drama, to cause drama and nothing else. Reactions? I feel like nothing got better when they added reactions. You know, I really think that Apple needs to add a sad react. Because right now we have the heart, the thumbs up, we've got the thumbs down. But what am I supposed to do for like when something is sad? Thumbs down does not convey sad. Yeah, I think there's a, there's kind of a, two camps of people who for sad react some do thumbs down and some people do heart like empathetic love heart um I'm a thumbs downer usually but I think it's usually people who are like I think it's angry forward people who thumbs down for sad and love forward people who heart react for sad but I think they need to add like a kind of events situation in iMessage because the only thing that it has ever helped me do what is like thumbs up if you're gonna come to this thing so I can make the reservation for dinner everything else has just created an emotional issue (laughs) for me (laughs) something new to overthink yeah something new to overthink that's what it is like if you react with like the two exclamation points what does that mean you react with the question mark. What's confusing? What is confusing about what I said? I don't know. If anybody uh, out there has a connect with Apple, we've got ideas. We're idea girls. Don't you think it's kind of great for Steve Jobs that he kind of got in, did something amazing, and got out before these billionaires started doing like some really embarrassing shit? That's such a good question. I hope he's proud of himself. Yeah. He really timed that right, at least for PR. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So thank you for unpacking this with me. I have a few more questions for you. Um, One question that I like to ask everybody that's on the podcast is what your creative journey has been like as a comedian. How did everything lead you to where you are now? I was always just a loud, expressive child. And so my parents put me in like theater camp and stuff. It's always theater. It's always theater. And I was just doing a lot of theater and I started doing improv when I was in high school because that was part of theater. And then I got to college and I went to college in Chicago and Chicago is a huge comedy city. So I thought I was going to be doing a lot more theater, but I ended up just doing a lot more improv and sketch and I started doing stand up then as well. And up until then, I had always been working with like comedy groups. Like I was in an improv group in high school and an improv and sketch group in college and so my kind of journey had always been working with people it wasn't until after I graduated that I started like doing any sort of I mean I started doing stand-up in college but even then it felt like a community journey like I had friends who were also starting doing stand-up at the same time with me 
So kind of moving out here or like early pandemic, I was doing a lot online and that felt like kind of a, a big thing to be able to start doing things by myself and like trust my own instincts. I always love like performing and I think that's something that energizes me. So I try to do as much of it as possible, but it's it's hard mm-hmm. <laughs> to get that opportunity. So I just writing is like how you create those opportunities for yourself so it's kind of like a cycle of you know but it's been good to have been here for two years now and I feel like I've found a lot of community here which has really helped and made me feel like more secure in doing creative endeavors um it's definitely like up and down based on like my motivation or my confidence at any given time Mm mm-hmm Yeah. One thing that I wanted to ask you is like, I, so like you do a lot of different things. Like you do stand up, you have your podcast, you have your short film. You've done a lot to like build up your social media presence. What do you do when like you get that imposter syndrome in your head? Or like, what do you do in those moments where you don't feel like the funny, the funny, hot, smart girl, even if you know that that's who you are inside? I feel like that a lot. I feel like I kind of just accidentally ended up in in good positions, like, but it's all over. Like, kind of, it's it's the the jig is up. Mm-hmm. I feel like that a lot. Um, if I didn't have like friends or people I could rely on in the comedy community, then I don't think I would be able to like keep doing it. It. I think that like having talking through those things with people who felt exactly the same way is like how I get through it all the time and just remember like I felt this way before and I felt like I came out of it so I also do think like I just I love to do a million and one things like I would have every creative career possible if I could like I would love to be an interior designer a graphic designer a stylist like all these things just sound so fun to me but I have to rein myself in and that kind of is like then I just feel like oh like I don't want to like type myself as this one kind of person but you know I feel like I'm just trying to do whatever I want (laughs) whenever I want and like hope that that sticks Mm -hmm. I am exactly the same way do you have any like comedians or performers that you like you look at what they're doing with their career and you're like that's what I want mine to be like Not exactly. There's definitely people who I've felt like kind of thought they were like really cool and are doing cool things, but I think not in a like I want that career way. I think that I also have like I'm at the intersection of all these identities that are maybe not represented fully. And so I think I'm paving my own way in a lot of ways. But I think, like, somebody who I was really inspired by in the last, like, few years was Z-Way. I don't see us as, like, the same and by any means or, like, I want her career exactly how it is. But I definitely think, like, she has done a lot of, like, different kind of stuff. And she's, like, a fashion muse. And so I think, like, she's, you know, on her on her path to stardom. And I, I think it's cool. Yeah, that's a great answer. I remember, like watching Z-Way stuff and like I read an interview where she said that when she was a kid she wanted to be a pop star and now she's just doing that in her own way even just as a comedian I think that's so cool I think like people who just bring new energies to stuff and aren't like following the mold of like exactly what has come before is very cool to see yeah So could you tell us more about your podcast, Pillow Fight, and maybe what inspired you to create it? Yeah. My podcast, Pillow Fight, basically the vibe I'm trying to go for is just like a very intimate sleepover with a friend and you're just like shooting the shit, talking about like gossiping about what's going on in the world, like as you would talk about what's going on at school when you were a kid. And then also just like sharing about our lives and like updates and little funny stories and all of that. And I started it in like the thick of the pandemic just because I was feeling very far from my people and also what was going on in the world was just so like large, like that that election and COVID and all of these things were just so daunting. And I think talking about it in a silly, fun way definitely put took the pressure off of it. I think over time, it's gotten a lot lighter and sillier 
in its tone. Um, the kind of premise and idea for it came about because I was just catching up with a friend on FaceTime and she and I always play Fuck, Mary Kill, but not with people, just like with random topics or kind of concepts or events, things like that. And I was just like, this is such a fun thing that we do. And I think it would be a fun thing to have a podcast kind of in that vein. And then I just kind of planned all the other games around it. Yeah. Sometimes I have like such a hard time wanting to listen to stuff about the news or current events just because it feels like really bleak. Mm -hmm. And even with like pop culture stuff, sometimes that can just like make me feel really depressed. Not, not in the way where it's like, Oh, people talking about pop culture again, but just like people can get really like judgy and stuff. So I love that you like want to do something with it to make it like more fun and more light. More things should be presented in sleepover format. I think. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So you're also working on a short film called California Sober. And I was wondering if you could tell us more about that. Yeah. California Sober is like the little, the baby of me and my friend Isabella, who I met in college doing improv and sketch then. And we are really close friends. She was my roommate in college and we both moved out to LA and it's always just so fun to create stuff with her. I think we have like very similar senses of humor and very complimentary personalities and like work in a work kind of setting um so we wrote this pilot over the course of the pandemic and then we were like if we make this a short film we can actually make it we kind of like have always bonded over like the love of media that's very like character forward female comedy things like broad city pen 15 book smart insecure we always have loved stuff like that So we wrote this kind of like it's like a stoner buddy comedy about two girls who work kind of dead end jobs at the mall. And we both grew up in like mall culture. So um, they are getting drug tested, but they have been smoking weed. So they go around the mall to try to find clean pee to pass the drug test. So it's just a really silly like comedy and we're going to shoot it in the fall. We've both been on set of movies and stuff like that. But it's our first time like producing anything this big. So it's definitely like an endeavor, but it's it's very exciting. And I feel like it'll be really fun to do. Yeah, I this feels like the kind of thing where it's like it feels like it would be or it sounds like it would be really easy to like get intimidated by like it being like high stakes or something like, oh, we're, we want to film this movie. We want to raise the money for it. We want to make sure that we get it right when we're shooting. Like, do you ever have those kinds of spirals? Definitely have those spirals. I think it's really helpful that I have someone else working on it with me because mm-hmm. it's not like all on me. And I think like we are able to balance each other's out in like terms of what we're good at doing. Like, I think she's very good at the logistics of like professional stuff and I'm very good at like marketing and I think like we're you know kind of balancing that out and we've like found other people that we want to work on this together and I think it's very fun when you have like a shared passion with someone because then you like naturally just get excited about things and that definitely helps I don't know why but I just have like a lot of faith in the project and I feel like a lot of our friends are going to be involved in it and stuff and I, I don't know, like, I, I just feel very excited about it, but definitely have those thoughts. It's just, like, now, I think those were early stage thoughts, and now it's, like, it's already in motion that there's no choice but to get behind it. I love that. I feel like that, like, goes along with what you said earlier, where it's, like, you just got to learn how to trust your instincts and know that you <laughs> yeah. can do it. Yeah. All right, so we are nearing the end of the episode, and we only have two things that you hate about yourself. We have, I hate that I'm not good with balance, and I hate that I'm prone to consumerism and, oops, (laughs) I'm prone to consumerism and marketing. So what happens next is I'm going to bully you and pressure you into coming up with the remaining eight things, and then once we reach 10 things, I'll read your list back to you. So... What is number three? 
Um, I hate that I really care a lot about what other people think of me and not that I care because I want to change my behavior around them or anything like that. It just, I hate feeling misunderstood or not seen. And I feel like when people misunderstand me, it really like messes with me and it really makes me like question myself and like who I am and how I'm being portrayed and I know that there's plenty of people who see me the way that I feel like I want to be seen or that I am but when people don't that's something that really drives me nuts and like I can spiral for hours on end about people not feeling about me the way that I want to make people feel yeah (laughs) yeah being misunderstood that is such a like specifically icky feeling where it's like people are always like you can't control like what other people think about you and if people misunderstand you then that's their problem but it's like it's not just their problem it's my problem too yeah I saw this whole TikTok about like how like it's so toxic people who care what people think of them are like so toxic and I was like, I don't know, because I don't like, it's kind of hard to have a public facing career and like goals and also be so at peace with just like people thinking whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, people are always talking about me. I have to hear it. I I don't really like hearing bad stuff. Like nobody does. So. All right. Number four. Yeah, I think I don't like how exhausting it is for me to like meet and talk to new people because I love the idea of making friends and I love getting to know people after I've already met them and there's already like kind of momentum in that relationship but it's really like the first dates or like just talking to new people at a party or like anything like that is a really like like uncomfortable situation for me I don't know why that is I think it's just like I hate I don't really care about the demographic like I have to ask these questions like where are you from how many siblings do you have whatever and like you have to kind of know that stuff before you can like get into the like exciting parts of getting to know someone but it's like to me nothing that I really actually care about knowing so it's hard to like get behind getting to know a person when like you're just hearing the LinkedIn summary. Yeah, this is kind of a cliche for me to say, but I feel like I wish that we could just skip to the part where we're all just like, I don't know, the, the thing that's coming to mind is like farting on the couch together. That's gross. But like, but just like vibing in each other's presence and we don't have to like keep the facade up and like worry about stuff. I wish that we could all just like skip yeah. to those parts. Mm-hmm. But also I do have so many friends where I'm like, I don't know how many siblings you have. Yeah. I don't know what their names are. And then it feels weird when you like, when like the conversation like goes there and then you have to confront like, oh, I actually don't know that about you. Yeah. We're always learning new stuff about people no matter how long you've known them. But that is so true. I just don't know the question to ask, I think, like to to just dive into stuff (laughs) you know I have to like get an assessment and then I'm like hmm what can I ask follow-up questions about I don't really know how to just like start in in the middle of things yeah do you ever like you kind of want to ask somebody a question but you're afraid that they're going to be like why do you want to know that yeah I feel like I'm always that's how I always feel like I just always feel like questions are intrusive and I think another thing I hate about myself is that I feel like I I talk so much and I talk over people and all this stuff and it's not, and I feel like I don't ask enough questions and all and all of that. But it's never that I don't want to ask questions; just that I feel like shy asking questions. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, am I allowed to know that? Like, am I being am I being nosy? Yeah, yeah. I'm always afraid that somebody is going to be like, "Today, Sam asked me what my mom does for a job, and I didn't even know how to answer because I'm like, why are you asking me such a boring question? Yeah. Any question that I ask, people will be like." Mm-mm. No, we're not going there. It's hard. All right, number six. I hate that I'm not good at like keeping habits. I think this goes along with the balance thing, but it's like 
I've never been able to do like a routine of like, I'll go to the gym for this many days or like, I'm going to cook for this, like or I'm going to meal plan or anything like that. Like everything I do, like it'll go well for a while and then it'll just inevitably fall apart. Like I don't think that I've really picked up any ha- – like I'm always kind of flying by the seat of my pants when it comes to doing things and I've gotten better at certain things, but it's never like consistency has always been kind of hard for me. I think this is really similar to the first one, honestly, but I feel this one a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to read Atomic Habits. Do I own a copy? Yes. Am I going to read it? No, never. Yeah. I hate that I am so resistant to reading. I hate that for sure. I feel like you're like my twin, to be honest. I feel like I have so much anxiety around reading. It sounds like the most fun thing ever, but um, I'll buy a book and then the time will come to read and I'll just sit there on my phone thinking about reading and then I'll be like, okay, well, I have something else to do now. And people are always like, oh, you should read Smut. You should read – it's not about the content of the book like at all. Like, it's just about like literally overcoming like opening the book up and looking at, this pa- at the pages. Yeah, I could even just like have my face like I have the page in front of me and be like just staring at it not absorbing the words. I could get to the end of the page and be like, I have no idea what I just read. I feel genuinely like sad for myself that it feels like my brain has just, all it wants to do is watch movies and TikToks. Yeah, I can't even, movies are long. Movies are too long for me sometimes. You know, I wasn't going to say it, but you're right. It takes me like four hours to watch a movie. (laughs) I won't even start because I'm like, that's too much of a process. Like, I'd rather just watch a bite-sized little like TV show episode. Bring Quibi back. We need to bring Quibi back. (laughs) Ten minutes is the perfect length. All right. Number eight. Um, I hate that I am not good at actively feeling my emotions in front of people. I feel like I'm good at analyzing and talking about my feelings with other people, but I definitely feel like if I'm having a strong reaction to something, I have to have that in private or not have it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't really know how to like start doing that. Like it's just kind of a, a scary thing I just have had so many like experiences and relationships where it's been like scary to be emotive so now I think I just kind of like even if I'm in a movie theater with my friends and nobody's like watching me I'll like cry and then I'll be like ah like I'm doing this in front of people but I don't feel that way when I'm alone so I don't know yeah is it just like a a vulnerability thing like it's it's scary to feel vulnerable that way in front of people I think so not necessarily scary also but like more like I'm kind of self-censoring or like it's silly to have this reaction Mm -hmm. about this thing or like I need to put on a brave face or like ultimately if I rationally know it's okay then it's like why would I be doing this Mm -hmm. just like a little discomfort showing other people that Mm -hmm. or like kind of feeling like performance almost like it's not really then I feel like yeah I'm crying for someone it's like a show Mm -hmm. it's not real yeah yeah I wish I could stop crying in front of people this one we can trade yeah I mean there's definitely situations where like things are really intense and I will be crying for people and then I'll feel really like embarrassed Mm -hmm. but I definitely feel like in front of like I wish that I could like talk about things that made me sad and like just be sad feeling them and not like intellectualize them when I'm talking to my friends and things like that. Mm -hmm. I am a really emotional person and I think like when I feel that instinct again around other people like my my instinct is to just run away from the situation because I don't want to have to be processing that with somebody else. I would rather be processing it alone and then come back and be like, this is once I processed it, here's how I now feel like, here's how I now I know I felt. Right. All right. Number nine. Um, number nine. I hate that I'm, or I don't like that. I also like it, but it's also, I think a flaw. 
um, that I am like directed only at myself, a very vain person, which I think is just like an interesting kind of thing because I don't feel that way about other people or like don't like analyze, look at the world that way. But I think it maybe is part of the like feeling misunderstood or whatever. Like I feel like I need to always look exactly how I want to look and that like if something is wrong like if something is if I feel like my eyeliner is wonky like it will ruin my mood (laughs) just that it's really will set me off but I don't like that because I'll be like in my car like seething with anxiety on the way to something because I just like know you know my shirt's a little wrinkled and I don't like it's it's uncomfortable to know that I look like this um but (laughs) yeah that is so real I feel like this happens to me a lot with my hair like I really love my hair but I am just like going through a rough time with it right now where it just does whatever it wants and sometimes when I see people I want to be like I know that my hair like looks like this I'm not doing it on purpose because I don't want people to think that like I like that my hair is like flipping out at the ends like Mary Kate and Ashley or something (laughs) I don't want that you know yeah, I think your hair looks great, but I feel like I definitely have had extreme bouts of hair dysmorphia, and I think that when you have good hair, it makes it harder to, like, be – I feel like I, I used to have really, really long hair, like, to my ass, and my hair is naturally curly, and I feel like I just kind of in college became known for my hair a little bit. Yeah. That it was, like, when my hair looked bad, I was like, oh, my God, why would anybody, like, think I look – remotely okay right now if my hair looks bad it's hard it's hard to have that that mane sometimes yeah the the hair as an identity that is so real that was me in college too yeah hmm. whatever <laughs> me and my hair will get through it <laughs> I think I think it's like a it's one of those relationships that you'll always have like an evolving relationship with all right and now it's time for big number 10 <laughs> I hate that I'm not better at like cataloging and keeping up with music Mm -hmm. there's too much of it what are we supposed to do there's a lot and I think it's hard to remember um who made what and what what that is like I hear a sound I like and I like the sound like trying to keep track of who made what and what's who's featured on this it's like it's like you know very complicated to me like a lot of data entry sort of vibes and I don't like having to do that. And I very kind of happily listen to the same like four Spotify pre-made playlists that are changing that I like the the sounds of. And then if I am craving to hear a particular song, I'll go look it up. But I feel like, I feel like I am like a very creative person in all other ways. And I feel like I keep up with art in all these other ways. And I wish I kept up with music in a more, like creatively minded way but it's just it feels like more work than it is worth and I just feel like it's overwhelming to me so I don't really I let kind of TikTok tell me what what little sounds I like sometimes it makes me feel old that I can't keep up with like all of the new music that's coming out I'll just like hear people talking about like some new artists and I'll be like I'll be like, I have no idea who that is. Who are all these people that they're talking about? And then I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want to be I don't want to be saying these things. I don't want to be out of touch. There's also just so much that's been made that is like you're expected to know. I feel the same way with movies and stuff. Like you're just expected to know the classics. And I'm like, when was I supposed to have known? Like, where did I where was I supposed to know that from? Like, I don't. Yeah, it feels like unless we like take a film class or something, we're just never going to see those. Because why would we watch? Why would we watch a classic when we can go watch Love Island? There's so many episodes of that that we need to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just getting sad about like watching yeah. The Idol when I could have been watching like Sunset Boulevard or something. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so it's time for me to read your entire list of 10 things that you hate about yourself. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Number one, I hate that I'm not good with balance. Number two, I hate that I'm prone to consumerism and marketing. Number three, I hate that I care a lot about what other people think of me. Number four, I hate that it's exhausting for me to meet new people. Number five, I hate that I talk too much. 
Number six, I hate that I'm not good at keeping habits. Number seven, I hate that I can't get into reading. Number eight, I hate that I am not good at feeling my emotions in front of people. Number nine, I hate that I am vain. And number 10, I hate that I'm bad at keeping track of new music. Yeah. So how do you feel after hearing all those things you don't like about yourself? I don't know how I feel. It just feels like, oh, interesting to like say those things out loud in one list. I feel reflective. (laughs) All right. So we have reached the end of the episode. So it's time for our final segment. So what do you want me to do about that? where you assign me and our listeners homework for the upcoming week, which can be any task, tip, or trick that you think could help us feel good and hate ourselves a little bit less. I think your listeners and you should eat your favorite form of potato. Ooh, that's a good one. I think I'd be happier if I ate like a potato a day. Yeah. A potato a day keeps the sadness away. So many good ways to make a potato. Good stuff. All right, it is time for us to say our goodbyes. Before you go, is there anything you would like to plug or tell us about? You can follow me on all social media at Show Me the Yams, Y-A-M-Z. If you want to keep up with my short film that I'm working on, it's at Cali Sober Film on Instagram. My podcast, Pillow Fight, you can listen anywhere, watch on YouTube. And if you're in LA, I host a bi-monthly comedy variety show with some of my friends called Chicago Tens. So come check it out. And otherwise, yeah, just keep an eye out. Awesome. Yamini, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me. Follow the podcast at 10 Things I Hate About Me pod. Let me know what you hate about yourself. Okay, love you. Bye.